Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today our guest is Sheila Hawkins. Thank you for joining us, Sheila. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, it's always a great, great opportunity to talk to new and interesting people. So, Sheila, would you please tell us a bit about what your business is? What do you do? What do I do? Well, I have an Edmonton-based company. We service actually all of Alberta, and we help families that are struggling with the burden of debt. People who really have reached their final resting point when it comes to, we can't do this anymore. We help them figure out what all their options are through um, an initial like a consultation. And they, they can either go out on their own with that consultation and decide, I can handle this, I can do this on my own, or we'll walk them through it. And it's a financially fragile and stressful time for them, so lots of times they do need help. And just a little hand-holding, and that's what we do. So after they go through that, we help them rebuild again. So we don't just leave them on the doorstep somewhere and uh, help them through that process. We make sure that they're back on track and have rebuilt their credit and have been put in the hands of a good investment advisor who can teach them all they need to know about investing and reaching their financial goals. Oh, that is absolutely wonderful. Unfortunately, there's probably always going to be a huge need for your services. Yeah, good for us, I guess, but um, hopefully less and less, less and less as we go. That's what we want to do. We want to educate people so they can avoid these situations. But Life throws those things at us sometimes we absolutely have no control over, and lots of times that's what it is as well. It's not always mismanagement of funds. Sometimes it's um, an emergency. Somebody passes away. Something happens in life, and that happens. So we're there when it does. Oh, no, I, fu- I fully agree. Actually, with, with all the years I've been doing this, I found very few people actually get into trouble because they go shopping all the time. It's a spending problem. So many right. times it's like divorce will ruin you or yeah, somebody gets sick or somebody dies or big one going on right now. They've lost their jobs. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge one right now. Yeah. And, and, and even if they've done everything well and and they're managing everything, you can only go so long without income. And then, and, and, and a lot of the time, yeah, people have been given bad advice and things weren't set up right in the first place, not because they did anything wrong, but because they didn't know what their options were or how anything worked. And unfortunately, they got taken advantage of. They did. They did, unfortunately. So, but, yeah. Yeah. I'm in complete agreement with you there. Yeah. And, and what, what is your family situation, Sheila? Wow. 
that you should ask. We have an interesting, we have an interesting family. Uh, we have a blended family. And to make it simple, I'll just say, um, I have two boys. Uh, one is 24, the other is 16. And my husband has two girls. One is 14 and one is 15. So in our home right now, we have a 14, 15 and 16 year old and that can be fun. Oh, I can imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the joy of dealing with my daughter's 13 and I'm very lucky. She's actually really, really good. But every now and then that, that weird teenager bit comes out and it's like, where did that come from? <laughs> who are you and what did you do with my child? Yeah. Who are you and what did you do with my child? Or I have to pry her out of her bedroom going, Okay, you have to come out and get some fresh air and talk to someone that isn't through a computer. Yeah, just grab her phone. <laughs> oh, she's, she's not so much the phone, but my daughter's big into, like, she loves YouTube and stuff like that. She wants to be a director, so she watches, like, tons of YouTube and, and learning how to do all sorts of things. But she really likes to hermit, so I'm going, okay, you have to come out and, like, move every now and then, my dear. whole <laughs> conversation. <laughs> And yes, the blended families, those are becoming much more normal, dear. I'm the weird one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is very, I mean, it's a 50-50 world out there as far as blended families go. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just I, I, see, I was just thinking when you're saying, okay, two boys and two girls and going, you add one more, one more girl and you could have, you could have the uh, Brady Bunch. Just about, just about, yeah. <laughs> so talk, talking about kids and stuff, like, Obviously, with you being in the financial world and things like that, like it's part of your daily life. But when you look back to when you were a kid, when did you first start realizing that like money was a big deal and something you needed to be aware of? When I wanted something. <laughs> I wanted something that I couldn't have because mom and dad couldn't afford to give it to me. And uh, I realized that money had to be earned and you had to pay for things. I mean... The definition of money leads us to believe you need something to pay for goods or services, and that's when I needed knew I needed money. So as a kid, that's when it came to me for sure. Yeah, so like like most of us, materially motivated. <laughs> exactly, exactly. When, when you're a kid, you're very self-inner-focused, and I try to remember that with my own kids. <laughs> yeah. Yes, try not to hold them to standards that we we, we can't hold ourselves to. Exactly. exactly. And, and and now that you, now that you're a parent, and like I said, I love I love talking to the people with like the different blended families and stuff because you get a really different view of things. When did you notice that your your boys started paying attention and stuff? Like when they were asking questions. Like what was one of the first questions they asked? When I said I could, they couldn't have something because I, you know, money was an issue. I was a single parent for a while, and I, I noticed that they started um, wanting to borrow money. And I'm like, where did you get the borrow thing from? <laughs> How are you going to give this back to me? <laughs> so we had to sit down and, you know, okay, well, if I lend you this money, how are you going to give it back? So that's how it started with, with my first one is he wanted to to borrow some money for something. And I'm like, how old well, was he? I think he was probably around seven, seven or eight. He wanted money for a field trip, extra money to buy something when he got there. And he asked me if he could borrow the money. And when you asked him, where did you learn about this word borrow? What did he say? Yeah, at school. I think he was in grade one or two. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, because that would, that would totally get your, where are you learning about this word borrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, we, I said, we can only borrow something if you have the capacity to pay it back. So how are you going to pay it back? And that's how our conversation started. And, and when, how, when that conversation was going and stuff, so did you get it worked out that he could figure out a payment plan or how is that? Like, that's a great conversation. Well, it is, yeah. I mean, we did work out something and I had to, I had to stretch it because I do believe in giving allowances, but I don't, I don't believe, um, I don't believe in like when they're as young as he was to give an allowance based on his age. I mean, I, I don't think that you should get an allowance based on living another year and increasing your allowance because you've been alive a year longer. I believe, <laughs> you know, what I, what I was trying to do by giving my kids allowances was, um, okay, so let's, you're, I pay for something regularly for you on a regular basis, so let's allow you to pay for that yourself. And then you have to budget your money on a weekly basis to make sure you still have that money left over. And if you don't, well, that's too bad for you. So I did increase his allowance for extra spending money. And we, and he did an extra job for me that was outside of his regular chores because his allowance wasn't for doing chores. I don't believe in that either. So yeah, I have, I have to have to agree with you on that one. There's yeah. certain things that you do just because you're part of the family and we all have jobs to do to make the household run. Yeah, that's exactly it. So um, that's, I think we're on, on side as far as that goes too. So he had to do something extra and I did give him, end up giving, loaning him the money and uh, we went from there. And our relationship with money has grown immensely. So he was an easy one to talk to about money after that. And with there being such an, an a, like you've got a good healthy gap between your oldest and your youngest, have you noticed much difference in how they deal with money or, or their attachments <laughs> oh, yeah. or not attachments to it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The younger ones are more um, consumers. I need money to consume what I need and focusing more internally, whereas my older ones are, we're setting goals, we need to get this done. Um, but that being said, my there's a difference, I think, between my girls and my boys and how they look at money. And that just happened to be in our house, I think. I don't think that's a generally speaking thing because I've seen lots of girls that are the same as my my oldest boy. Yeah, it's very much an individual thing, but it's good to see the contrast. How do your how do your girls view it differently? Um, well, they're the youngest, so that's it's it's hard to compare them really because they're still focused internally on looking good and buying makeup and, like I said, buying more consumables than the older ones. And the boys, they don't care about that kind of stuff. They don't. Mine don't. Anyway, they don't need hair gel and they don't need. <laughs> On, on that front, it's definitely easier to be a boy. <laughs> They're more savers than spenders, I find. The the younger ones, the, the money seems to go through their hands, even though we do have money rules in our house and what you do with your money when you get the money. But the short-term money they have that they can spend, it goes through their hands like nothing. Whereas the older ones, they're like still looking around. Like, for example, when my older son was 14, I sent him to Staples for me to buy a thing of paper. Actually, no, he was 16 because he just got his license. I remember that. He was 16, sent him to get a thing of paper and some other things for my office supplies. I gave him $75 to do it. And he said, can I keep the change? And I said, well, that's how much it's going to cost. And he said, oh, okay. And then he went and printed out a $20 coupon from Staples 
took the stuff there because he spent 70, he bought himself a couple more things, spent more than $80 and got $20 back. So <laughs> That's got, a smart kid. So he's been doing stuff like that ever since. I, I love that. That's like paying, paying attention and how can, how can I do it better? And that, that's a great thing to always be asking yourself. I teach that to my clients. I teach that especially my business people. How can you get the same or better result for less money? Exactly. And, you know, so they're very aware of, of those kind of things. And you and said that you have, you have money rules for when money comes in your house. Now ask what your money rules are. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we made it very simple for them. Um, as they get older, the money rules change for them. But as percentages, when they were younger, we just split it into four to make it easy for them. And one was long-term savings. Okay. One was shorter goals savings, like if they were saving for something they wanted that would take them more than a year to get. The other one was donations, so they had to save for a charity of their choice. And the other one was, okay, this is the money I can spend now. So if they got $100 from, from Grandma for their birthday, they had to do that with it. Portion went in their bank account, some went in their piggy bank, and some went in their drawer that they could spend whenever they like. And when you say long-term savings, what does that what did that mean in your household? That meant savings for their school, savings for something they may want in their life way further down the road. Okay, so yeah, seriously, seriously long-term stuff. Yes. Because some like I have a jar system in my house, and one that I teach, and. And, and same terms, but slightly different meanings. So that's why I wanted to ask, like, what does that mean in your household? Yeah, so probably fairly similar idea. Just to make them aware that money is something that you need to respect. Oh, very much so. Or it's gone before you get the opportunity. And that money has different purposes. It's not just for buying your consumables. That you have to focus on, you know, if your goal is to move out when you're 18, you need to, or your parents' goal is for you to move out when you're 18. Exactly. <laughs> we love our children, but some of us are looking forward to that empty nest moment. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> and now, now that you've got like teenagers and, and stuff like that, and especially because of the fact that this is what you and your husband do for a living, are you fine? What are the questions that they're asking now? Well, I mean, I've been talking to my kids about money, maybe because of my job, before I even did this job. Yeah. So fortunately or unfortunately for my kids, money has always been part of the conversation. Along Which is how all, it should be. Yeah, along with all of the other things. And I find as a single mom, I, I should probably, I sometimes look back and go, I probably shared more than I should have, you know, about. Why okay, do you well, think that? Oh, I, I, cause I think. Um, there's things you should share with your kids to the point where you're not making them worry. Know that, that you have enough money to take care of your home and your family and them without making them worry when they're very young. That, as I, they get, that I can understand. Yeah, as they get older, you share more and more and more with them. I mean, I don't think you should ever sit down and go over your family budget sheet with the, with the, with the kids, but an open and honest understanding of what your your money rules are as a family and live it by example. So, you know, I, I guess the more questions my kids had, the more I was easily able to answer them as time went by. Well, definitely, yes. As as, as they start asking, my I've always had my daughter, doesn't matter what the question is, your mom will answer you and she will answer you honestly to the best of the, her ability to understand. Like there's some questions I would answer or I go, 
even if I explain it, you're just, you just don't have the knowledge and experience to understand what I'm saying. So it's not that mom's holding anything back from you, but you just, it, you're not even going to understand the explanation because it's just so far above you. But talking about like when your family's going through financial stresses and stuff like that, even if you don't talk to them, our kids very much pick up on the emotions and the stuff going on. And yes, we have to assure them like, don't, don't worry, everything's going to be taken care of. But yes, money is a bit of a stress now. Because right. otherwise they're going to make up their own stories. Of course. And kids are smart. I mean, kids are smart and they're curious and they're very aware of their surroundings. I mean, if you live in a house with a pool and your dad drives a Jag and you and you see the kids at other school that that school that, that don't like the other parents that don't, then you're going to know that this is what we have and this is what we don't have. And that one thing that I, you know, kids, even through the Internet, they have a real insight to our lives. Oh, very much so. They're exposed to so much information that sometimes they they don't know what to do with it. And I was reading an article by uh, Glenn Kurlander. I don't know if you've heard of him before. But he says, well, they may know more than they than we think they know. They are easily confused by what, by, by what they think they know. Yeah. <laughs> and so to me, this is where our jobs as parents come in. You need to sort out what they know and what they think they may know. Yeah, and, and it, like you said, it's having having those open conversations. Even when you're dealing with really young kids, like they might not know very much, but kids are extremely empathic. Like they pick up on the emotions and and the stresses and the tensions and stuff like that. And then because they don't know much, but they will make up so many stories along with it. And because in most households, money is a more taboo subject than sex. The fact that you were open and 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 it probably has an awful lot to do with the fact that you have been in the financial industry in one way or another for so long that, yes, you understand that it's important and it's just a part of life to talk about. But so many people, because their general financial knowledge is so low, they're ashamed. Right. And that's and they're scared to ask. Oh, completely. Yeah. They're going, How am I supposed to explain it to my kids or anything? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that what that's often what we find in, in our debt world here, too. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. I mean, they may know how much something costs, for example, but they don't have any context as to what that means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the more and the more experience they get and the older they get, the, the more the context they have to compare that to. I remember when my when my um, younger son, he's a big hockey fan, for example, and he can tell you the salary of any NHL player out there, but he may not be able to tell you exactly what that means. And it, it just, it, it makes me laugh when he says, did you know that the, the, you know, the lowest paid NHL player out there makes $550,000 a year? What a ripoff that is. And that's because the, the highest paid one makes six, 16 and a half million. But what do you compare that? What is he comparing that to? And you're looking I mean, five and a half, five, over 500,000. Like that's such a ripoff. You're going, do you know what the average person makes, my dear? And this is where we sat down and had a conversation. <laughs> so there's things in everyday life that you just sit down and go, okay, you're you're little, you need to, you need a little context here. So let's sit down and talk about it. Yeah, you 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 need you need some some real world um, comparisons here, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the stuff that we get to laugh, but and they're going, you're kidding me, because they haven't had to be exposed to it or anything. No, no. Yeah. So yeah, we try and do, we, we do things to help our kids 
learn other ways of making money. We help, you know, like there's, there's going out and getting a job and there's going out. And if you need extra money on top of this allowance we've been giving you, you have that perfect opportunity anytime you like to go out and try things. And I remember one particular story is that we, we, our daughters wanted to have a lemonade stand and we live on the corner house by the university and we thought, oh, okay, why not? <laughs> why not? So they went into our cupboards and we're looking for lemonade. And I said, well, my husband did this to them. He said, well, you're going to have to go to the store and you're going to need cups and you're going to need a tablecloth and you're going to need lemonade and you're going to need a bag of ice because we don't have enough right now. And that's all going to cost you this much money. And he wrote out a contract with them, gave them the money, sent them to the store, would cost them $24. And the contract said, when the lemonade stand is done, I want all my money back that I gave you plus 50% of the profits. So they did this lemonade stand and they made $180 in a day. I couldn't believe they made so much money. Location, location, location. <laughs> and they, they came in and there was four of them. They had two little friends helping them and they had their money spread all over and they had, were about to count all the money. And my husband stepped in and he put the contract on the table and he took $25 split the money in half and took his half and walked away. <laughs> and and what did they think of that part? They were not impressed at all. But the, the the good side of this is that my daughter walked into the garage about six months later and said, I'd like to start a little company and I need some money. And he says, okay, well, let's sit down and write out a contract. And she looked at him and she goes, forget it. And she, she goes, I'll go find it some other place. <laughs> she walked away. So she learned something about contracts, which was a great story for them and something they think about often when they ask their dad for money. Well, you know what? I, I think I think that's a really, really good thing. Like when my, my daughter and her friends and stuff were, were brownies and they had to sell Girl Guide cookies, I, I sat them down and used that as a wonderful opportunity to teach them about inventory and float and and, and, and how you need to be balancing your books at the end. If you had this many boxes of cookies and this much in your boat to start off with, if you have this many at the end, how much money do you have to have and, and different sales? And they learned so much. My girlfriend who was watching me get left with, I had no idea you could teach that much stuff just through selling girl guide cookies. Yeah, you can. It's awesome. I think we're raising little entrepreneurs. Well, we, we need to because the the world that my parents grew up in and stuff where you go to school, you work hard, you get a job with a big company and you stay there till you retire, that doesn't exist anymore for us, let alone going to ever exist for our kids. So they need to have the ability and the confidence in themselves to go, okay, how can I take care of myself and, and be an entrepreneur, or be comfortable moving companies and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they need to learn other ways to make money. And they certainly are doing that, I feel. At least in our house, they are. In fact, they, they surprise me all the time with the things they come up with. So my son's airbnb his bedroom at the moment when he stays at his dad's house. So <laughs> he, I, he, he's doing that. And I had to sit down with him and say, okay, but you have to buy all the new stuff for the room and you have to keep your room clean and you have to clean it. So that's his job right now, and he's 16, and that's what he's saving money for. And all of the money, because it's my house, is, of course, going to a trip he's planning after high school. And then any excess he, he earns doing that, he's he's uh, 
saving for his education. So he doesn't get to use that as his spending money. But I thought it was quite creative. I think your 16-year-old is doing that. That's quite amazing. Yes, he is. That that is quite. And, hey, if you ever wanted a teenage boy to keep his room clean. (laughs) I, You know, it's amazing. It is completely amazing. It's when he leaves here, um, like he goes to his dad's house on Friday, and when he when he when he leaves here, it's like immaculate. Oh, so. man. bonus perks! <laughs> and he washes his own sheets because that was part of the deal too. He washes the sheets when the guests come and when they leave. Oh man, that is really good. Yeah, he's learning how to use a washing machine. It's fantastic. Well, <laughs> in, even even if he wasn't making money off the Airbnb, like that's a major major life skill because. Yeah, I come I across so many young adults that they're they're old enough to vote and drink, but they can barely make themselves toast. You're right, and that's that's funny because my oldest son is actually a financial advisor now, but he went to school in Vancouver, and when he came back, I'm like, well, tell me about what you learned. He says, I learned how to pay my rent and I learned how to run my house and how to make chicken because I got tired of all everything else I was eating. So I thought, well, that's fantastic. I'm glad you learned those things at least while you were away. <laughs> <laughs> so very very good so okay so you you you've, you've got one out of the house and actually into the industry and, and three that are close so if you could if you could make sure that your that your kids know three things about money and life by the time they're out on their own so that you feel successful what are the three things you want to make sure your kids get well wow three things three um, things i know i asked the tough questions dear that's all right that's okay I think number one, I think kids need to realize that their money needs to be managed regardless of how much they do or don't have and that they shouldn't ignore it just because it's a small amount because sometimes that's the biggest problem is people think they don't have enough money to manage it properly. So I'm going to wait until I have more money. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I don't think that's the right way to go. And like they need to pick up the pennies, not just the dollar bills. Like people see things and they discard, like it's all, I guess it's all part of respect the money as far as that point goes. And oftentimes I think people tell their kids, number two, that money's not important. And I don't agree with that. Oh, I completely disagree with that. I hear it all the time, though. Money's not important and money can't buy you happiness. And I, I agree that money can't buy you happiness, but I don't agree that money is not important. So that's one thing I would I drill into them all the time. Money can't buy you happiness, but poverty can buy you a whole pile of grief. Yes, it can. <laughs> and I guess number three, wow. Uh, number three, um, never stop asking questions. Never assume they know the, the answers to money, the money questions. Uh, never stop answering, asking questions about anything. There's You never know too much. And, and the game always, is always changing. And there's always somebody you can learn from. Absolutely, for sure. You can learn something from somebody. Just ask the question. You ask two people the same question, you're going to learn two different things. Yeah, and who's right? They both could be right. <laughs> it all depends. Right. It's all for it's all perspective. Well, when it, when it, whenever I'm sitting down with people, I can say there's only two definites when you're dealing with money, death and taxes. Everything else, it depends. That's right. That's right. Yeah, my 16-year-old's going to have to pay taxes this year, so... Well, with that Airbnb, yes. Yeah, (laughs) he's making a surprisingly amount of money. I was like, wow, now we're going to have to file a tax return for you, but okay. Well, he can can talk to his older brother and get get himself set up with an RSP to offset some of those taxes, dear. 
Okay. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, well, I mean, he's already got the money goes directly into an investment account. So he did, he can't touch the money. Yeah. Which is invested with his brother, which is good. Yeah. Good bonding for them, I guess. Well, it's a wonderful thing. Well, thank you very much for being our guest today. It was great talking with you. Thank you very much for having me. I really, it's been a great conversation. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.